Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'll be in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start a new series called The Signs of Christmas. The Signs of Christmas. And one of the signs of Christmas is the star of Bethlehem, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's uh, interesting when you begin to look at traditions that we have and simply just try to discover, hey, why do we do that, you know? And so when we look at Christmas trees, have you ever wondered why there's a star on top of the tree? Many times, no matter where you go, you see these beautiful Christmas trees and there's a star. Have you ever wondered why there's a star on a tree? I mean, it could be all kinds of things, right? Why a star? Well, it's because of the star of Bethlehem. The star of Bethlehem is a unique event that happened in history. It's part of the Christmas story. And today we're going to look at why, it's, why is it relevant? Why is it important? Now, before we go to Matthew 2, I want to kind of remind you of something that's obvious and then point to something that maybe is less obvious. Isaiah 40, 26 says, Look and see who created these, the prophets pointing to the sky. He says, He, referring to the Lord, brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of His great power and strength, not one of them is missing. So when we talk about stars, let's first of all acknowledge that God created all the stars. He knows how many there are, and He calls them all by name. That's amazing, isn't it? But then Scripture goes a little bit deeper. In Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens He has pitched a tent for the sun. And it goes on. So here we see that the Creator uses His creation to remind us of Him. We were talking about that in Sunday school today. You know, how to um, be in awe of God. That when you go outdoors, when you see a sunset or a sunrise, when you see you know, majestic mountains and beautiful scenes in nature, it's a reminder that there is a Creator who created all this. And He alone is God. And God can use His creation to speak uh, to everyone. Now the reason why I mention this is because it's obvious to say God made the stars and everything else. But what about what I said a while ago about what's something that's less obvious? Well, I wanted to read that passage in Psalm 19 because in Romans 10, Paul is sharing the gospel. He's talking about Jews and Greeks. And he says in Romans 10, 12, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on Him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they're sent? 
As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah the prophet says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. But, watch closely in verse 18. But Paul says, I ask, did they not hear? Now stop there for a minute. He's saying not all people obeyed the gospel. Okay, The reason why they didn't obey the gospel is they didn't believe the message. Well, they had a choice to believe or not believe the message because they heard. And he says here, he backs up and it's hard to believe that somebody would not believe the gospel because it's such an awesome thing God has done for us. And so in verse 18 he says, did they not hear? And it says, yes, they did. And then it quotes Psalm 19 that I just read. It says, their voice has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the end of the world. Rick Larson, maybe you've heard of him. He came out with a documentary film a few years back called The Star of Bethlehem. He is a Christian attorney. I think I showed it here the uh, first year I was here um, one evening. But he was a Christian man who happened to be an attorney and he was uh, decorating uh, you know, his, his yard for Christmas with his daughter and they was going to do a nativity scene. And uh, uh, she said, Dad, what about the star? And he's like, oh yeah, the star. And he had a curious mind. You know, he, he studied and researched a lot in law and so, all of a sudden, this star of Bethlehem, when he read about it in the Bible, it captured his attention. To make a long story short, he did a major in-depth analysis of it. And um, what he says about this verse in Romans 10 and, and Psalm 19, he says, note the structure of Paul's argument here in Romans 10. Paul is taking the position that something has happened in the stars which indicated to the Jews of his time that Messiah had come. In other words, there in Romans 10, he says, did they not hear? And he goes, yes, they did. Their voice has gone out to the whole earth and the words to the end of the world. And that is a quote from Psalm 19 that points to the heavens declaring the, the, the wonder of God and, and the stars. There's a witness in the sky, okay? There's a witness in the sky. And I want us to look at that when we come to the Christmas story today and have a little curiosity and say, what is going on here? The story that we're so used to is found in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. Now there's a lot going on and we'll talk about the wise men next week. So I don't want to get too much into the wise men today. We'll talk about that next week because that's another one of the signs of Christmas. But these wise men come from the east They've been observing the stars, something catches their eyes, something's unique, something's different, and it leads them, based on the observations they've made, some things they've heard and learned, it leads them to Jerusalem asking the question, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, 
and that gets everybody all stirred up. So there's three questions about this star that we're going to answer. The first question is, what is it? Well, according to what the Scripture says here, there's a star rising from the east that represents the birth of a king of the Jews. That's what they knew. That's what led them to Jerusalem. They had that much knowledge. And so this uh, star represents that. Let's look in verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet, and it quotes Micah 5 verse 2, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. So the first question is what? The star represents the birth of the king of the Jews. The second question is when? Now that Herod knows a little bit about what they know, he's consulted and heard from the Bible and the prophets um, you know, about Bethlehem. Now he just wants to know uh, when, 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 when. So, so this star appeared at a specific time. That's what's so unique about this story. Then in verse 8, it says, He sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. So, that is an awesome story, and you see the, the star. So we've answered the what. It's representing the birth of a king of the Jews. Uh, when it appeared at a specific time. That's why they showed up. And then where. Um, once they got the feedback they needed from the Scriptures and started heading toward Bethlehem, there was the star, and it led them, and then it stopped. Now that's amazing phenomena. I never was good at science, so I'm not going to stand up here and explain all that to you. What I can say is if you're interested in this and want to do a deep dive, the Star of Bethlehem has a, a website. They also have the documentary uh, film. It's about an hour. You can probably find it online. And we have a copy downstairs in our church library. You can check that out too. He goes into all that, gives you all the nuts and bolts, and I would say it's worth your time because it's amazing just to study that and, and to see it all play out in the story that's there. But uh, here is a star that appeared for a considerable time. It went ahead of them, and it stopped above the place where the child was. Uh, God uses His creation to point to the Creator. And that's the big idea I want you to see in this story. Now, the question really is, how does this apply to you and I? Well, we know the parts 
of the Christmas story. We've probably heard it all our life, you know, the, the baby in the manger and the wise men and the three gifts and the shepherds and all that. And we're going to look at certain parts of the story as we go through this series. But what I want you to focus on today is wise people still seek the Lord. Wise people still seek the Lord. And I've got two points for you today, okay? I'm not going to unload the whole gun, but I've got two points for you today. And one of them is this, are you seeking God? You know, these, these men, they were paying attention to the situation. They were observing things. They had a sense of timing. And then ultimately, they went to a place to where they could find out from the Scriptures what God's Word said about it. And all those three, three things lined up. What was going on in the situation, the sense of timing, and the Scriptures. And next thing you know, there they are worshiping King Lord Jesus, even though He's a baby uh, in this world. They knew who He was. They knew what He had been born to do. Are you and I seeking God? That's a question we need to ask ourselves this time of year as we think about Christmas. I want to give you some verses you can write down to look at later. Hebrews eleven six. It says, Now without faith, it's impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. You see, you can't please God if you don't believe in Him and if you don't trust Him. And if you do believe in Him and trust Him, then you're going to draw near to Him and you're going to seek Him. And so you and I, so many people say they believe in God and they're speaking from their mind. They mentally assent to, yeah, I believe there's a God. But their heart never gets moved to seek God. And that's what the Scripture would call us to do is to seek God. In Psalm 14, verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. You know, if you really want to get God's attention, you don't have to you know, go through some religious ritual or act like you're special. All you have to do is humbly seek God. He is looking for people who are seeking Him. Okay? He's looking for people who are seeking Him. I love, this is one of my favorite verses. I hadn't read it in a while, but it's Psalm 27, verse 8. Now, Psalm 27 is a psalm of David, and it's talking about fear. And we talked a little bit about fear today in our Sunday school lesson. But in verse 8, David says this. He says, my heart says this about you. He's talking to God. Uh, in other words, Lord, my heart says this about you. Seek His face, Lord I will seek your face. In other words, David, how did, da how did David become a man who was after God's own heart? That's what the Bible says about David. How did David become this man after God's own heart? He, he heard the call. He realized that God is looking for people who are willing to seek Him. And he heard the call in his heart. God saying, David, seek my face. And he says, yes, Lord, I will. I believe God's calling all of us today to simply spend more time focusing on Him. Seeking Him. Seek God's face. Notice it said seek His face. Seek His face, not His hand. How many parents and grandparents, you know, when your kid or grandkid walks in the room and calls your name with a smile and joy, what do you think? What do you want? 
right? You know I'm telling it, right? What do you want? But when we seek God, okay, instead of seeking His hand, what He can give, what He can do, let's seek His face, okay? We're pursuing a, a closer walk with Him. I'll never forget Brother Vernon Turner, uh, first church I ever pastored, beloved man, Brother Vernon Turner. He was the founding pastor of the church. He was still able to come until he had leukemia and he couldn't. And uh, he told me a saying that stuck with me years ago. He says, you know what, Corey? He says, most people are as close to God as they want to be. When he said that, I went, wait a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm trying to catch up to the train here. Most people are as close to God as they want to be. And the more I began to say that out loud and kind of think through, I thought, man, you know, he's right. Most people are as close to God as they want to be. Yeah, they could be closer, but many times they don't want to be. But here's what he said. Scripture says in James 4, 8, if you'll draw near unto God, he'll draw near unto you. He is looking for people that will seek him. And so answer the call to your heart. When he says, seek his face, say, Lord, I will seek your face. Jeremiah the prophet, you, you know this verse. Once, once I start reading this verse, you're going to go, man, I've heard that. You know, a lot of times you go somewhere to a Christian gathering and somebody says, hey, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? You'll hear this verse. If you go to a Christian bookstore, you will see this verse on some kind of plaque or picture or something. Uh, a lot of times during graduation, you'll hear this verse. And I'm going to read it to you, but I'm going to read two more verses that go right in line with it. And I want you to hear it. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, 12, and 13. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Those three verses go together. I just read it to you in context, okay? And so we love to hear this. You know, here's Jeremiah. He's a prophet in captivity with God's people. And they're not in their land. Uh, they're among foreigners. And they're thinking about better days. And they wish they could go back to those better days. And Jeremiah is speaking God's Word to them in the situation they're in right then. And he says, look, here's what God says. I know the plans I have for you. Okay? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you a future and to give you a hope. But listen, you've got to call on Him. You've got to pray to Him. When you do, He'll listen to you. And if you seek Him, you'll find Him. But only when you do it with all your heart. You got to put all, put put all, your all into it, and so you and I are told right here that you know God is. Remember, Psalm said God is looking for people who are seeking Him, and if you seek God, you might think, oh, you know, does God play hide and seek? Well, I think He does to some extent. I think Isaiah the prophet said that God is a God who hides Himself, but I think sometimes He hides Himself so that we will seek Him. But the good news is this. He says, if you will seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. You'll find me. Are you seeking God? The second question I want to ask you is this. Will you watch for God to work and join Him? 
here are these wise men from the east. And they're paying attention to a situation, something they've observed. They're acting on some kind of knowledge that they probably have heard. And I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. And with the limited knowledge they have, they feel compelled to act. They go to Jerusalem. And then after learning something from the Scriptures, they head to Bethlehem, and then there's the star the whole time leading the way. Obviously, something is going on. God is at work, and they are watching, and now they're willing to join Him. You may recognize this idea from experiencing God. Many years ago, Henry Blackaby and Claude V. King wrote a a study called Experiencing God. And one of the key ideas that they mention is to watch and see where God's at work and join Him. It comes from John 5, 17, when Jesus said, My Father is still working, and I am working also. And then in John 5, 19, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on His own, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He is doing, and He will show Him greater works than these so that you will be amazed. In other words, I like what Blackaby says, and make sure you get this right. He says, when God speaks, He doesn't give us new revelation about Himself that contradicts what's revealed in Scripture. Rather, God speaks to give application of His Word to specific circumstances in your life. And when God speaks to you, He's not writing a new book of Scripture. He's applying to your life what He already said in His Word. And that's true. You know, that's what the Spirit of God does, right? He says, I'm going to leave so that another may come, the Holy Spirit, and He will remind you of everything that I've said, and He'll give you insight and revelation in all this. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit works with the Word of God to make it real to make it come alive, to make it powerful in your life and in my life. And so here we are reminded, where uh, is God at work around you? Watch where God's at work and join Him. Pay attention to what God's doing in the world. Observe what He's doing. Seek Him. Go to the Scriptures uh, and, and get in line with God's will and Word and His timing. And you and I can experience God in a wonderful way. I don't know about you, but as we think about this particular sign of the Christmas story, the star of Bethlehem, it, it, it reminds me that He came for everybody, okay? Yes, Jesus came for the Jews because salvation is of the Jews, but He came for everybody. He told those same followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, go and make disciples of what? Of all nations, okay? And so the star of Bethlehem is a reminder that God sent His Son into the world. He is the Savior of the world. And so He's saying, look, I am seeking you. I am sending my Son. You know, many years ago, you, you heard the, the term seeker uh, in, in, in the church world. You know who the seeker is? It's Jesus. You want to know who the seeker is? It's God. Why do I say that? Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Okay? God is the seeker. If you go back to the beginning of the Bible, go back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? God come looking for them. 
And what happened? Adam and Eve hid themselves. And what did God do? He called them out. He was seeking them in order to save them. And you know what? You see that happening even today. Even today, as we get to this season of the year and we hear the story of Jesus' birth, we're reminded that God is looking for those who are willing to seek Him. He's come to seek and save that which was lost. And He's wanting to remind us that He loves us, that He came into this world, He died for the sins of the world, He died for you and me so that we could be saved. So are you seeking God? Is He on your radar this morning? And once you begin to seek God, will you watch where He's at work and will you join Him? Will you be a part of what He's doing around you? It's my prayer today that this Christmas, this year, will be special. It'll be special because you bring God into center stage. You bring Jesus center stage. You begin to seek Him. You begin to seek Him, and after you seek Him, you begin to share His love with others and tell the story of what God has done and see what He does not only in you, but see what He can do through you because there are people today that need to know. There are people today that need to hear. There are people today that need to believe and obey the gospel. I want to tell you something. God loves you and I so much that He put the message in the stars. He wants every single person to know. I mean, sometimes people go, I wish I had a sign. What you're going to find in this series, how many signs do you need? He's put a sign in the stars. He had, he had foreign people come to Jerusalem asking, we're here to worship the one who's been born King of the Jews. Hello, there's another sign. And we'll go through all the signs. But uh, how many signs do you need? There is a God in heaven. He does love you. And it's my prayer today that... Uh, if you've never asked Him to save you, you will. As we begin to end the service today, I just want to remind you of our Next Steps card. Okay, If, you, um, if God is speaking to you, I want you to use this. This is a tool that we're doing uh, to communicate. Whether it's learning to become a Christian, be baptized, join the church, become a member, um, um, get in a D group or serve on a ministry team. I want you to take a moment to fill that out. Uh, give us your name on the back and we'll have a conversation with you. But here in a moment, we're going to have the musicians come and um, we're going to give an invitation. And it's my prayer that you will make a, a resolution right now to say, I'm going to seek the Lord during Christmas. During this special season, when we begin to celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus, I am going to seek the Lord. I'm going to seek Him with all my heart. I mean, if you remember nothing else to, this morning, remember that. God promises in His Word that if you will seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him. Okay? You will find Him. That's not me saying that. That's God's Word saying that. And so I want to encourage you. Let's all stand. We're going to sing here in a moment. And we're going to pray. And we're going to bring our offerings and and so I just want to remind you here to make a resolution to seek God, okay? Seek Him with all your heart. And don't let this Christmas be just another ho-hum holiday season. But seek God and let Him minister to you during this special time of year. Father, we come before you this morning. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time that we can hear your word, that we can worship. And Father, right now we're going to respond to you. Father, for what you've already said in your word, what you've already done on the cross. Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every person today. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. And Lord, I pray for those that do know you, Lord, I pray that we will make a resolution right now, Lord, to seek you with our whole heart. That the next time the Holy Spirit impresses on our heart, seek my face, we'll say, yes, Lord, I will. Father, have your will and your way in this invitation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.